0: Have you ever taken a moment to consider what your reputation is as a landlord? How would your tenants describe you? Take a moment to think about that, because that's the topic of today's Passive Income Revolution podcast. Now, I know you might think I'm crazy by asking that question, and you probably thought, seriously? The majority of them are going to say I'm a bad landlord, because that's what they do. We always usually assume our tenants have negative things to say about us. We usually assume that they're going to say that we're mean, we're not accommodating, or that we never do anything right. But I'm wondering about how they would describe you to people, not just as mean, but have you ever considered that they might say that you're easy or pushover or that maybe you're very flexible? A reputation as an easy landlord to manipulate can be more detrimental for your business than the standard negative characterizations of being mean or not accommodating. I have a client who is near and dear to my heart. However, I believe their reputation as a landlord was actually impeding the success of their portfolio because over the course of their career, which was not short, they ran their career with their heart and they ran it with their big heart. It's a huge heart. It's a very kind heart. It's a great quality in a person, but unfortunately, as a landlord, it got exploited. Whatever your worst quality is as a person, your interactions with your tenants will always exasperate that in the most exaggerated form possible. So in this particular case, this landlord who had a very kind heart, very generous person, that was exaggerated by his tenants and it was taken advantage of. Or maybe it's not necessarily that you have a kind heart. Maybe you're someone who just doesn't like confrontation and so you don't tend to actually confront your tenants on lease violations or late rent or things like that. You kind of try and wait to see if it resolves itself. Well, that also helps contribute to your reputation. Let's talk about when you're easy or a pushover in regards to rent. Allowing a tenant to be consistently late on rent or choosing to look the other way when they always send it in on the 8th or the 9th can really create a problem for you. Sure, maybe your lease says it's due the first and then the late fee is charged on the fifth day and you charge that late fee, but you don't call them until the ninth because you always know they pay on the eighth or the 10th. Well, what happens is that becomes the norm for that tenant and they begin to assume that in their mind, okay, well, I can just always mail the rent on the eighth. You'll get it by the 10th and you'll never call me or anything anyway, so it's totally fine. There's a problem with that because you're setting a precedent not only for that tenant, but you're setting a precedent for other people. Because here's the thing tenants love to talk not only amongst themselves with other people in the multifamily, but when we think about it, when our friends are looking for a place to rent, one of the first places we go is we ask our other friends who are renters do they like where they live? What do they think about our landlord? What's it like to live there? And that's when you can run into a problem. And you can bet when they get into the nitty-gritty details, one of the first things that this tenant, let's call her Emily, is going to tell her friend is that what's really nice about renting from you is that rent is due on the 1st, but yet she's pretty cool about it. If you mail it on the 8th, like I do, and she gets it by the 10th, she's totally cool with it. She doesn't call you. She doesn't harp on you. You might think it's fine because it's just Emily that you're letting do it. But now you have a vacancy and her friend Jason is interested in it. You have no idea what Jason knows. You have no idea that Jason knows your kryptonite. So Jason is looking at your unit. You think he's going to be a great tenant. You move him in. But yet Jason already has one hand up because he realizes that you will be flexible on the rent. Because Emily told him from experience that you are. Now, if you own a duplex, that's a real problem because that's two tenants who you now have sort of set a precedent where it's okay to pay by the 10th. If your mortgage comes out on the 10th, you're kind of cutting it really close or maybe it doesn't even cover it. So that's why it's important to pay attention to it with rent. Let's put a situation to this. Let's say it's around Halloween time and you go to your property. You have your fictitious tenants, Jason and Emily. While you're there, you see Emily walking her dog. Now, wait a minute. Emily's not supposed to have a dog. In fact, it's in her lease that she doesn't have a dog. Why does she suddenly have a dog? And now she has seen you see her walking that dog. So there's no denying that it it exists. You both know it exists. And this is sort of a choose-your-own-adventure. What do you do at this moment? Do you knock on Emily's door and talk to her about the dog? Do you go home and send her a letter because you want to have documentation about it? Or does it just happen that the next thing you know it's Christmas and you haven't dealt with it at all? And when you go to your property at Christmas, let's say to do some snow removal, suddenly now you notice that Jason is walking a dog. And it's not Emily's dog because it's a different dog. So now Jason and Emily both now have dogs... And to make matters worse, maybe now they're still paying their rent late on the 8th because, well, they thought they could get away with it. This is how situations and problems snowball when you don't address them and how your reputation as being easy or a pushover can really become a detriment to your property. Now let's scale up our situation here. Let's say you've got a 6-unit. You've got Emily and Jason and 4 other units. You have another vacancy come up. And of course, Jason and Emily have friends. Maybe they're going to refer a friend to you. So now you might not have a vacancy problem because Emily and Jason are sending you people left and right. But you have much bigger problems. You have constantly late rent. You have broken rules and meaningless lease clauses. This epidemic is just as debilitating as anything else in this industry. So now, where do you draw the line between being accommodating and being easy or a pushover? Well, for starters, blatantly ignoring lease violations is gonna make you a pushover. If you are a landlord with Emily and Jason and you go to the property and you see Emily walking a dog, you need to be sure and enforce that, whether it be in person by knocking on her door and talking to her about it, maybe you wanna send her a letter with documentation Whatever way you prefer to address the situation, make sure it gets addressed and that she knows it won't be tolerated. The same thing goes for rent. You need to be consistent in making sure that your tenants pay their rent on time. It's okay to let people slip once in a while, but always make sure that they're slipping when it's justified, meaning that they have some sort of documentation for you. In our business, we always require documentation for any sort of unforeseen expense that's going to delay the rent. So if a tenant calls and says on the 3rd that they're not going to have rent until the 12th because they need to repair their car, we want to see a bill, an actual paid bill for a car repair in order for us to go ahead and allow that extension. We find this to be a good compromise between being accommodating, but yet also making sure that we're not being taken advantage of. This sets the precedent that anyone that wants to try and get an extension on their rent, that they have to have proof of some sort of documentation of an expense that was unforeseen. Now, maybe you have a tenant that lost their job, and they really don't know what's going to happen. You can certainly be accommodating in that moment. You can say to the tenant, Mariah, I understand you lost your job. I feel awful about that. I can give you until the 10th to give me some sort of money and to submit a payment plan in writing to me, but we'll need to figure something out. We can't let this go on more than that. My last piece of advice is if you hate confrontation and you constantly seek to avoid it, then maybe that's a good indication you might be better served by hiring a property manager. That way you can continue to have investments that are effectively run without you having to rely on yourself to be the enforcer. You can hire the property manager to be the enforcer for you, and you can still get the benefits of owning rental property.